0: Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of waiting through hundreds of
1: random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction in the right amounts and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com.
0: hey everyone this is matt wakeling and you're listening to the guitar speak podcast this is the show i've been producing in sydney australia since 2016 uh, interviewing lots of guitarists and guitar based people and also since oh i don't know about june july 2021 uh, i've been joined by rob rhodes hello everybody and gabor jacica Yellow! <laughs> For the Iconic <laughs> Albums series. Well, we started off doing Iconic Albums. Of course, we've diverged into other kind of themed topics like uh, films with cool guitar soundtracks or signature gear, weird gibsons, weird fenders, etc. Iconic um,
1: T-shirts.
0: Yes, that's next. Mm. Iconic tea towels D- Don't give us secrets away. <laughs> <laughs> So, I've got to say, these roundtable talks, I've loved them so much. So, I think they've been such a good addition to the interviews, which are still happening as well. So, guys, thanks heaps for, for joining me.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, the hang is always very, very good. The hang it, is good, it is I've indeed, got to say. Yes. And the podcast has, has just become the bonus. Yeah, so, hey, tonight's theme is... Best album for 2022. Now, I think I think for all of us, when we say the best, like it's always with our fingers crossed or tongue in cheek or something because you know we love lots of things. But um, no, no, these... no, it's the best. The one I picked Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At
1: least you could find this one. <laughs> yeah, true. True that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, yeah, it's just the best. That's it. Full stop. That's it, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh Yeah, we, we have to pin it down, uh, our, our best album. So, here were the rules. We each chose an album released in 2022. Um which had some cool guitar stuff going on, given it's a, a guitar podcast, but I think some stage during our conversation, fellas, we'll mention some of the records that didn't quite make it. Um, I know there are some sort of non-guitar records um, you guys really dug this year that you might like to mention as as well. I've, I've certainly got some of those. Um, but let's, let's jump in. So if anyone uh, actually heard our iconic new albums episode we did a few episodes ago, we looked at Everything released since 2020, chose a couple of cool guitar records, which kind of proved there's lots of great new guitar music being made today. So we've narrowed it down to 2022, given that it is the end of the calendar year. I found this hard. I think we all found it hard. For me, I settled on Andy Timmons' Electric Truth album, which was released earlier this year. Uh, Andy Timmons, bit of a guitar hero, Um, The album was produced by Josh Smith. So a bit of a departure, Ah, the the last. Yeah, Josh Smith, amazing, amazing guitarist. Yeah. I think he's got a studio in LA these days. Timmons' um, last few solo albums, he's pretty much done it with his trio, the Andy Timmons trio, and his bass player has been the producer. So this one, a bit of a shift to have a guitar player producing the record. And for this one, different again to the last few records in that he used Josh Smith's band. He, he actually used the producer's band, oh. which were all out in L.A. So that sort of lent. A bit of a different vibe uh, for some of the tunes, more of a funk, soul kind of groove vibe on on some of the stuff, perhaps. Now, Andy Timmons, if you look up the dictionary, if you look up the word tone, there is a picture of Andy Timmons. I'm going <laughs> to argue he's got a killer tone, which is much discussed in gear forums, obviously discounting the actual practice you have to do to sound that good. Um, so, man, I love his tone. I love his composition. He writes cool ballads. There's some cool rock stuff on this. This record as well and i happened to interview andy he's been on the show a couple of times he was on episode 25 way way back and also spoke to him this year when the electric truth record came out and um yeah if there's any andy timmons fans listening i'll I'll leave the links to to that latest episode in the notes one of the great um One of the great thrills for in that conversation was that Timmons—he's got his streaming game super up to speed in lockdown. He was doing lots of online concerts, so his guitar tone through the stream is is super glorious. So for the actual Mm. podcast, he was sending me that quality audio, Mm. and he was jamming and showing me stuff off the record. So it was like a uh, it was like a concert for one. it was amazing. So yeah, so that was kind of a kind of a fun thing. Any any Andy Timmins love from from you guys? He's great. I love the Beatles stuff you did. That was Amazing yeah, stuff he did with the Beatles yeah. songs. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, like just in trio mode, hey, those records. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, here's demos of the Fillmore Fifty sold me on buying one. So, oh, yeah. yeah, boogie guy, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't, can't even remember. It was like 18 months ago, maybe a bit longer, maybe maybe not quite that long ago I've had it. But, yeah, I was researching that and then came across all his demos of the Fillmore and just went, that sounds like what I'm looking for. Uh-huh,
0: And nice. he is a
1: great interview too, like your podcast as well as um, That Pedal Show when he's on that. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You know, he's yep. really engaging. He's nice to watch and...
0: Yeah. yeah, he's um, yeah, yeah he, he comes across a very genuine, genu- yeah. genuine guy. He's um, the pedal show is a cool contact too, because um, obviously Dan from that pedal show has uh, has worked with him a lot and built his Petal some of his various and stuff, rigs yeah. and things, all that gig rig stuff. Yeah, killer. So I I chose two tunes off the record. I I should say as well, the rule for 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 this episode is that each of us chose one album and two songs off that album, which kind of represented. What, what we individually dug about it the most. So I chose two songs, one called Grace. It's kind of a ballad. I think Tim and great, instrumental guitar ballads, mm-hmm. and Shuggy, which for me kind of brought in a bit more of the Josh Smith band influence in, in the delivery.
2: When, when you said that he recorded with Josh Smith, yeah, I kind of went, yeah, now I get where that Shuggy thing comes from because it's that kind of Josh Smith kind of vibe, yeah. I can definitely see it now, yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. Thought, thoughts on those tunes, fellas? Um, with, I guess Grace has got that little wing vibe going on. Yeah. Um, and I, I was listening and there's a thing with Andy Timmons for me is I kind of feel like I always know what's coming. Uh Like it's so perfectly written that everything is so perfectly performed that I can almost like, there doesn't seem to be any surprises with what he does. Um, But in Grace, from about 3.30, he does this run of compound bends and there's these sweet little pentatonic licks that are totally my bag and that opened Uh up the whole track for me. Uh, And also I love a good panned flanger ending outro you know, like yeah, I, think, yeah, I yeah. think
2: it's a phaser actually. And it, it gradually gets more intense. Yeah, too. right. It's sort of, it starts kind of more subtle and then it gets more and more intense. I think it was a phaser. I'm not 100% sure. It's on the other track too. There's phase, phasing on both.
1: Yeah. And then Shuggy had a real Robin Ford feel to it for me too. Great playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and beautiful that I think it's, I've got it where it's about 545 on that track. And just the layering of those guitar parts, how it starts with one little repetitive thing, and then it adds it left and right, and then he's solving in the middle, and they work really well together. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed listening to that. That was good. Yeah, cool.
2: Yeah, well, I wrote down for Grace very Hendrix e, great uh, the dynamics in his playing. That's something like with the Beatles stuff as well, because he's one of those guys. I think he. His clean sound. is a full gain channel, isn't it? Like he and he just rolls the volume back on the guitar.
0: He works so at he volume, yeah, a lot, the, yeah,
2: yeah. So he has he has a great dynamics, and he he's very dynamic when he plays. He yeah, just by the way he attacks the notes and stuff. Um, I really like in the verse. It's there's just one or two chords that are sort of out of the scale. It, 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 I, I kind of just noodled around. It, I think it goes like from a C to a C sharp or something like that. Um, I love that. Beautiful. Just that sort of. And he does this bend where he bends from the the note that's in the key of the song and then it goes into that out of the key and he bends into that note. It's beautiful. I I really. That that was really great. Uh, and, And yeah, that phaser. I think it's a phaser, but I could be wrong. That sort of. It starts kind of subtle and then it gets quite intense as the song goes into the outro oh,
1: i always see that as a flanger because the phase is kind of more of a lumpy sound and the flage is flange is more of a, a whoosh you know it has a whoosh to, i don't know i was yeah. kind of i wrote flanger phase at first and then
2: listened to it again and i went i think it's a phase but i could be wrong mm. i don't know either uh, modulation i love the modulation modulation
1: <laughs> the um,
2: whooshiness <laughs> and shaggy what i wrote down is great drummer yeah, that's the first thing I wrote. Love the drums on that, um, and there's this bit, and I think that's part, one of the parts you mentioned as well, Rob. Uh, but it starts off there's a uh, is like a, there's a piano breakdown, and he plays this kind of little, it's like double stoppy kind of bit. Uh, that's great, and then it repeats later on, and what you were saying, and it sort of goes it,
1: it spans hands left and right, then he's yeah. in the
2: middle. That's great. I really really yeah, like I love that. that. Um, and there's one part in it, it's just for whatever reason I just wrote it down. It reminded me of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when the organ comes in or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah murph and just, the magic tones. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a little bit of murph. Yeah, it's 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 a cool it's a cool vibe. Yeah, I like the the, the band vibe. I mean there's other tunes on the record which um capture other stuff too but i, I thought those two were kind of were kind of fun it's funny you both mentioned the Hendrixy thing with grace i think that's an obvious nod yeah the, the story with that tune is that um timmins got to meet billy cox who was one of jimmy's bass players and um billy's wife i can't remember her name i'm sorry but he was mrs cox mrs cox yeah, yeah. and <laughs> he was chatting with them he thought they were, you know a lovely couple and they've been married 40 something years and he said what's the uh apparently one of his questions he what's the what's the secret to your to your long marriage because he he's been married 20 something plus years and real family guy so anyway so he asked him and and mrs cox said grace just that one word and uh he thought that's pretty cool so he, he took the tune and then the, the hendrix connection he, he wanted to work in so hence those um some of those tones and things you're hearing but um yeah super dynamic i, I think yeah. that's one of the things i, I love about he, he's playing um yeah, I think that, that clean tone he used to have a blues driver turned on for his clean tone. Um and yeah. he'd sort of back off the guitar. Um so yeah. Do you guys watch well, no, with- he has
2: his AT, doesn't he? The the J H S Andy Timmins Yeah, yeah, which is which I think is a, basically a bluesbreaker, but a hotted bluesbreaker. It's like the, I think it's like the Angry Charlie, which is the hotted bluesbreaker sound.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's some talk. There's a bit of crunch box in that pedal as well. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's a Marshally
2: kind of thing too, to Brun. Yeah. It's that's of Marshall. For Marshall-y. sure. For and the
1: sure. Damasio like signature pickups too, right?
0: Yeah. 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 So he uses, um, uh, well, in his Ivan, in his signature. Yeah. He's got uh, Damasio Cruisers in the middle and neck, but he uses the bridge model, so it's a little bit darker. But then he oh, uses Oh, in the neck. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Cool. But then he's got a treble bleed in his volume in his volume pot. So when he backs off, it keeps a lot of top end and lots of, lots of little tricks. So people get bonkers on this on the net trying to decipher <laughs> how and what he's doing. But at the end of the day, of he just plays great. Do you guys work your volume knobs much? I don't know if we've talked about this before. Nah, Maybe never. No, never.
2: Never. Always full. Always on 10. I, my, my, the tone I do a little bit. Yeah? The tone knob I do a little bit, but volume, no, always on 10. Oh, yeah, man. I do the
1: tone knob on my SG um, on the bridge pickup sometimes. Just if I'm going to be used switching between the bridge and neck, then just to have that synergy and have a working relationship between those two pickups, yeah, I might just okay. roll off the bridge, yeah. tone a little bit, and then just turn up the presence on the amp for a particular song or something. Yeah, for,
2: right. For little trick for or my personal trick for people that use Jazzmasters out there. Um, if you want that spanky, like like a Strat style, spanky bridge pickup sound, have your tone all the way up. But if you want a, slight, a little bit warmer, a little bit fatter sound for playing chordal stuff, but bridge yeah. pickup on a Jazzmaster, just roll the tone down, sort of two numbers or something like that. And it just, just a little bit of that top end goes away and it fattens up. So that's what I often do. If I want a little bit more, a little less spank from the yeah. bridge pickup, he just rolled the tone
0: down just ever so slightly. Ah, there yeah. you go. I've just put a tone knob on my main Strat style, my gospel Strat style. Um, i never use tone knob, but I'm just on the bridge pickup. Yeah. Because um, I'm often splitting my, my humbucker Path Pro into single coil and just backing off a little can be good. Yeah. And it means I can get my neck pickup a little brighter. So this is a pick, uh, trick sorry, I learned off. Jeff McErlean, I don't know if you heard of him. No. Uh, he's a true fire the instructor okay, guy, yeah, yeah. great player. Okay. Anyway, he says he dials his amp for his. This is for a strat. He dials his amp for his neck pickup, so his neck pickup sounds awesome. And then usually that means the bridge is a little bit bright, so he just eases the tone control off just for the bridge pickup. Yeah, I, that's what. So. I pretty
2: much, I do the same because yeah, ninety percent of the time I'm on my neck pickup. Okay. Lineup, okay. There you go. There you go. But,
1: you so know, if you're I, ever gonna do a Hendrix show, you need the tone on your neck pickup for the octava. For yeah. the octafuzz, because it just it sings when you switch to the neck and then roll the tone right yeah. off. That yeah, yeah, clearly yeah. off okay. and that octafuzz thing right. just sings through on those upper frets. Yeah, All it right. always sounds better to my ears, like bigger and fatter and less shrill for the audience. If and the It tracks better too. Yeah, nice. All
0: right, school holiday project. (laughs) I'm going to have two toe knobs in that strat. Two toe (laughs) knobs. (laughs) (laughs) Good thought. (laughs) But, man, volume knob, I am constantly working the volume knob. A lot of people say, man, you constantly work that volume knob just like Andy Timmons. That's the only thing I've got in common with Andy Timmons. We just use the volume knob. And the beautiful blonde hair. Yeah, true.
1: (laughs) I block mine off. If I you, put like a rubber seal <laughs> underneath <laughs> the volume knob and block them off. Oh, really? Just them block them down? Yeah. Yeah. And then Les uh, Pauls, you don't need to worry because they're, they're all out of the way. But it's funny because with the Duesenberg, I knock when I'm using the Bigsby, Dusenberg's Bigsby thing, I knock yep. that volume knob oh, all the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, I'm always checking it. I'm like, what's... Oh, just tiny little bit that makes a difference yeah. when it rolls off. Yeah. I can notice it straight away.
0: All righty. Well, there you go. Andy Timmons, Electric Truth. That, that that was my record. That was my record for the year. Let's do, let's do, um, any takers? Something yeah, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll hit it. All right. Um, so my choice was uh, 2022 was Cardinal Black's January Came Close. Yeah, and uh, of most note from Cardinal Black is their guitar player, um, Chris Buck, who I discovered on YouTube um, before anything else. But then Buck, Buck and Owens—he's one of his original projects. Hmm. Uh, there was a song called is it called Slow Train. And I think that yeah, I think in so, the last yeah. ten years, probably one of the best guitar solos I've ever heard in my life on that song. Um, so yeah, Chris Buck, and this this band sort of started in twenty ten, and uh, you know there's a lot of hype behind them. Steve Winwood was really into the band. Oh wow! Um, and invited him to record at Windcraft Studios. Um, And then they began work on their first record with veteran manager Alan Niven, who managed the Guns N' Roses. Um, And they sort of re... You know, went over to the States. Um, But it sort of didn't work out. Certain members were homesick and things didn't work out how they wanted. So everyone sort of went home and went their own way. And, you know, Chris Buck became this online kind of phenom and launched Buck and Owens um amongst other little projects that he was behind. But yeah, it kind of says that in a matter of it was just a matter of time before they all kind of got back together. Hmm. Um and then bass player Sam Williams joined. So um it was Tom Hollister, Chris Buck and Adam Roberts joined by Sam Williams on bass. Um, And after announcing themselves as an act, their debut single, Tell Me How It Feels, dropped in May 2021. Uh, It was less than 24 hours before the track toppled Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds to take the number one spot on the iTunes Rock Singles chart.
2: Oh, you would have been upset about that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So they um, recorded a four-track EP, um, which... All of these songs from that EP feature on the album, I believe. Um, So Chris Buck, he said the majority of the album, well, it was crowdfunded. It was one of those albums where basically crowdfunded. um, And some of those people bought packages where they could come into the studio to watch them record it and all those sorts of things. So it was, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily groundbreaking, but it was, uh, it seems to be the way some people are doing it these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the majority of the gear used was a Yamaha Revstar and a Gibson 355 mm-hmm. uh, plugged into his trusty Fender Pro Reverb and a Victory Copper Deluxe. Um, there are a couple of tracks where he used a 1958 Fender Deluxe, but pretty simple. Uh he uses the HX Stomp for most of the modulations, uh, but that was all I could really sort of find out. You can like Chris Buck goes into great detail on his YouTube channel about the gear he uses. So anything you want to know, you can go and find it there. Um, so the yeah. two tracks that I chose were actually three tracks. Cause I couldn't <laughs> split. Yeah, you couldn't I split. couldn't <laughs> split them. It was just like, you know, um, but the first one is where do you go? Um, this was on the original EP two, And I actually prefer the version that was on the EP, um, to the album version. Um, uh, and that's sort of the case with with another track that I chose. Um, this song, every time I play it, I can't stop singing the Paul Young song "Come Back stay and Stay." For good it's this got that time. Hook, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> and I've been listening to a lot of eighties lately, and I, that even the production of that song sits like could. Sit in the '80s. I think even some of those Aussie <laughs> pub rock bands like Spy versus Spy, uh-huh. it has a very you know that that type of production. To sure, it. yeah. So well, it,
2: I'm just gonna I'm just gonna yeah, tell go. you what I've written here now. Yeah, no, go you're gonna it. hate me, but anyway, I just this is what I, what I wrote down. So listen to it. First thing I said: this sounds like Stay for Good this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that was that the song title? Come back no? and but, stay. Come back and stay. Okay, yeah. But you know that song. Yeah, I love <laughs> and that song, I wrote, By the way, by the way. It reminds me of a of a montage song from an 80s growing up movie. Yeah, killer. And the last thing I wrote is, if Hootie and a Blowfish were around in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Hootie and a Blowfish voice.
1: Yeah, oh, this voice yeah like I do get and that. And a I little do, bit, that's to me. And I do battle with his voice sometimes, which is I made a note that the reason I like, the EP versions of these songs better than the album versions is because the vocals are much more understated. He's not Um, over-singing. And I find it on the album tracks, they kind of went, oh, well, we can go and redo this, and he tends to sort of over-sing. And to me, I don't know. I go back to the EP tracks because I prefer them. Um, And the second track, uh, sorry, 1.5, (laughs) was Warm Love, and again, I really love the EP version of this song. I think the solo is like I wrote um, both are interesting in their own way, but again, I, I like the understated vocal performance of the EP version and the out solo on the EP version seems like he just seems more stream of consciousness and improvised a bit more, whereas I think it was worked out of you know, A bit more for the album version, and it's not a it doesn't hit me as much emotionally. Um, but I love that harmonic trim in the breakdown, it's just so lush. Yeah, yeah what and a tone, man! Beautiful. I use that on the HX Stomp, it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. on par with the Supro one that I had, I had a Supro tremolo pedal, okay. and the harmonic trim in that was great, but couldn't take the volume drop, which is why it's good mm. in the HX Stomp because you can. Anything that's got a volume drop you can compensate with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and track 1.75, <laughs> filling up to track two, <laughs> Yeah. Um, was I'm Ready. And there's a live version on YouTube of that one titled One Mic, One Take. And they mm-hmm. use a stereo ribbon mic in the room to capture the whole band. Um, and it's a, nine, a mic from the 1920s. And they just play really dynamically. They move in and out. You know, and I've seen music documentaries with how they recorded Frank Sinatra and that sort of stuff, big band stuff back in the day where people would move in and out, you mm-hmm. know, play louder, to play quieter.
2: Wheel the amp closer. Yeah, around, <laughs>
1: around one microphone. And it's just crazy. And it? it sounds fantastic. They play really good. Um, and I'm a sucker for that call and response vocal um, with the Motown vibes when it hits that double time. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. it just grabs me. I'm up, you know, if I'm sitting, I'm doing whatever, I'm up, I'm dancing around like an idiot. <laughs> um, I love that. And uh so yeah, that the album version was recorded live as well at Rockfield Studios. Um and that was just added added at the end. Um for that for that live vibe and to fill the album out. But yeah, that's that's Cardinal Black, like they're doing, they've just played a whole run of shows. They did uh, the Albert Hall, yeah, and a whole bunch yeah. of gigs, and he's just done a video on how his live rig didn't quite stand up to those bigger venues and things. He was working out, and he plays the isolated tracks from the desk, and yeah, he's a look. He's a really switched on guy. He's a very positive guy. Um, he loves his gear, and maybe one of the most even though he's come out of that sort of John Mayer school of player, he's really carved his own thing out. He's very original um, and that slide vibrato thing that he does is yeah. really his own thing. Yeah. I don't hear a lot of of that. But what were your thoughts on this, Matt?
0: Man, I was super excited this album got chosen. Um Yeah, I love Chris Buck. Like, you're talking about Timmons being a dynamic player. I mean, Buck's incredibly dynamic as Mm. well. Um, I I think maybe like you, I I found him online first as well, doing his Friday videos, Friday fretworks or whatever you call them. Um, uh, The King of Tone demo he did. Um, I got pumped when I saw that. Actually, I watched it again today, his King of Tone demo, because I reckon I'm only three years off getting that King of Tone pedal.
1: oh the but wait you, list how long have you been on the wait list because isn't it six years currently or something
0: uh well i'm, I'm almost two years yeah. and um like really there's no point practicing until i get that pedal no, me, no. So no, no.
1: i've but, put all but, my gigs but. off until that pedal comes yeah yeah
0: but matt if you would watch our
2: um uh king of tone versus yes. a few other things video you would know Yes. That the Zoom five five can sound just as good as the King of Tones. So.
0: <laughs>
1: That's a big call. Well, a big yeah, check
2: out the video. We did a we did a we did a blind thing and lots of people lots yeah, of people yeah. said the best sound was the five <laughs> Zoom 505. or I, I have seen that. There's yeah, we did a shootout and we did there's two videos. So there's one video. Where we played, uh, we looped uh, uh, guitar parts, so it was the same playing. Yeah, yeah. Through the same amp, and we just switched through uh-huh. the difference. Uh-huh. We had a uh, an actual King of Tone. We had a Bluesbreaker. Uh, yeah. The actual Marshall, old martial Bluesbreaker. Yeah. We had the. That, that was when HX Stomp um, released a King of Tone. Uh, ah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, And uh, what is it, the Sovereign or whatever it's oh, called? Anyway. yeah. Yeah. Um, and as a joke, I thought, let's throw in the zoom five or five. <laughs> and we did a video where we had those, those four <laughs> and we said, okay, you tell us which one is which. And then I don't know, two weeks later or something like that, we released a video with the, where oh, we showed so what it was what, And surprisingly, it, genuinely surprisingly, most people thought the five, zoom five or five sounded the best, <laughs> <laughs> which you can. At the moment, buy for
0: probably about $20 well, secondhand. Well, since your thing. video, you've probably JHS'd it, and they're probably a couple of it's grand It's at least $25 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now Check there's Reaver the MXR. <laughs> so
1: you can get the MXR Prince of Tone and just stack them, right?
0: The, ju- the Duke, yeah, the Duke yeah, of Duke. Tone. Right. I saw your video on, on the Duke of Tone. Good boy, that was yeah. very cool. Yeah. That Sorry. was very close. Sorry very, to very hijack close. this with the King of Tone talk. But, no, um, no, 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 it's all good, all good. Oh man, but yeah, what a player, just a beautiful tone That whole approach, you know, using his fingers, his thumb and his his forefinger mostly And then, you know, moving into the pick is incredible um, Yeah, I've watched a lot of his live, like some of these songs live And yeah, some of the solos have a longer fade out Well, not really a fade out, but a longer ending solo yeah. Where he goes bonkers He's so good at building a sense of a solo as well Like a, the composition, um, behind building a, a big statement is is super cool. So it's been fun to see, yeah, the band, that band sort of reform and then how it's taken off fairly organically like you described, Rob, like the crowdfunding and um, it's bonkers to see him do like the Royal Albert Hall and I'm reading he's he's getting some attention, Chris Buck's getting some attention in some of the big magazines like Guitar World and um, I think they, they voted one of his solo's best one of the best ten solos in twenty twenty two or something. Oh, well. I I didn't see that article, so I'm talking out of my hat here a little bit for that one. He but did, um,
1: he did win. Um, I think it was twenty nineteen. Um, best new guitar player in one of the readers' polls. The guitar. Yeah. Okay. Guitar World readers' poll. Yeah. So, so he's certainly
0: getting some attention. Well deserved. So. Yeah, cool. And I dig the band. Like the songs are great. Like if the songs weren't good, if I didn't think the band was cool, um, the great playing it'd, it'd be still there. But obviously, the uh, great songs is always the vehicle for the for the cool playing.
1: Yeah, it's well recorded, and the rhythm section's good. You know, like that's what it's going to come down to. Like no matter how good a guitar player is, they're only as good as the people and the songs, as you said, they're surrounded by. Yeah. How about you, Gabor? Uh, so with me,
2: I like the songs. I'm not a fan of the singer. That's to, one of the things with me, and it's, it has that. To me, it has a hoodie and a blowfish kind of vibe to it. But the songs are good. Um, uh, I wrote down in for warm love. I wrote down very John Mayer. <laughs> she wrote mm. down if John Mayer played guitar for hoodie and a blowfish. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, uh, I'm going to go to I'm ready. Because uh, it, it didn't do much for me at the beginning, but then there's a massive change yeah, in the middle of the song—the
1: double time thing,
2: the double time thing—and I've quite liked it. And the solo at the end is great. That's yeah. a great, great guitar solo. And like you're saying, that he does this bend and then slide thing,
0: mm. where he yeah. kind of bends and so it sounds great. Uh, his, and that his was uh, uh, love sound, loved, so, sorry his bending stuff too, like the vibrato stuff. Yeah. the slidey thing, but like some of these like. I don't know what the term is but you bend and then you that's move the, the bend to another position. Yeah 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 well that that's what I mean yeah That's
1: sort of I mean. Yeah the, and he does yeah. that compound bend thing that um do, 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 you know like just across those three notes and yeah, he does that yeah. quite a bit and just a pentatonic thing but just gives it a flavor that yeah uh, he, he's an interesting cat I, I like Yeah, the, he could have gone down that road that some others have fallen into like following the John Mayer thing, but he's sort of taken it his own way and made it something else, which yeah.
2: Yeah, so I found I mean, three quite different songs. Um I did to me like the like I said, Warm Love had very John Mayer John Mayer vibe to it. But yeah, I, 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 I even though like you, I can't stop singing "Stay for Good This Time." Yeah. With "Where Do You Go," <laughs> Pino,
1: shout out to Pinot Palladino oh, on that Pino. track. So, yeah.
2: now there's a legend. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I love the sound. I love the sound of it. I love the drums in, in "Where Do You Go," um, and yeah, the, the solo, the, the, that big solo at the end. And I'm, mm. I'm sure live, people probably stretch it way, way, way more than than on the, on that. Um, uh, recording, but on, yeah, I'm ready. That was, that's a great, really tasty solo and great tone as well. Mm. There's some in this bits again, like some of the sort of, you know, strummy chord stuff he did in other, well, I don't, don't know which song it was, but um, I kind of went, oh, I know people talk about his tone and it didn't do much for me, but in that, in that, I, I really liked that. So the second half of I'm ready was great. Really, really good. I thought,
1: I, I'm a sucker it, for those singer, chords yeah. that. You know, basically, just use the high E and B string as a pedal. So you know, like a C oh, sharp yeah. minor yep. and an F sharp major, and but with the top strings ringing out. Yeah. And he yeah. does that a lot. You oh, know, yeah. I don't know that. I whenever I hear that, I go, "Ooh, that's lush."
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's nice, man. So yeah,
1: that was Cardinal Black. Um, debut album, so it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Because you know, it seems they're on an upward trajectory.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of momentum for sure. All right, two pretty cool records, I reckon. That's that's nice. We are gonna uh, we're gonna change tack a little bit. Then we're gonna take a short break. And get to Gabor's record, which is super interesting. A couple of things, couple of things coming in. Um I've Got a shout out to handsome Benjamin,
1: who now... our <laughs> uh, this is, this is another Hello handsome name. Benjamin.
0: <laughs> Maybe his mum called him that. I don't know. He's so handsome. <laughs>
1: is his mum private, Benjamin? <laughs>
0: Oh, no, so much to find out, average, so average find out. Benjamin. <laughs> hey, he he knows a couple of records. Heat two from the band Heat, and Degreed the album called Are You Ready? And he's giving a shout out to Sweden's melodic hard rock scene. Um, handsome Benjamin actually sent these albums in for our new albums uh, thing, okay. but, but might have just missed the cut. Maybe I missed him on the list. Sorry, Handsome Benjamin, but thank you for those songs. <laughs> you uh, those albums, handsome, he got
2: lost in his eyes. <laughs> That's
1: right. That's right.
2: Sorry, handsome Benjamin.
1: I put out a little shout out um, on one of the Facebook groups, the guitar groups, and David yeah, Hines. He um, he replied with his favourites, and he picked yours, Andy Timmins' Electric Truth. He picked uh-huh. as many albums as I did, but when we started this thing, but yeah. uh, he some of some of the ones he picked out of note um, were Tadashi Trucks, I Am the Moon. Yeah. Um, ZZ Top Raw what else has he got uh-huh. yeah things like Josh Smith's Bird of Passage and Eric Gale's mm-hmm. Crown um, but yeah he listed so many albums that came out last year but that's just a few of them so thanks for that Dave
0: yeah thanks Dave very cool very cool hey before the break quick question from a viewer this is from Andrew from Guitar Street Co who's actually been on the show right into the Japanese imports yeah. and- I started Rescue following guitarists. because of your, because of your uh, ah, podcast with him. Yeah, he does cool Instagram. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Dif- different approach to it, which I like. He wants to know, are guitar heroes dying out? And it maybe sort of ties in, like especially talking about Andy Timmons, uh, Chris Buck, like a new perhaps guitar hero. Well, what do you guys think of that question? I mean, it could be a whole podcast in its own uh, just
2: about. Yeah. Um, but uh, to me, like someone like Chris Buck, perfect example i mean i think mm-hmm. the new guitar heroes need to be much more i think they're not dying out that's my personal just th- thing but they need to be much more versatile than what they used to be and youtube is is a medium they need to be present on youtube i mean mm-hmm. someone like chris bark he i i without what he does on youtube i doubt that Oh, not doubt, but, I mean, I don't think the band would have gotten this far and he, he wouldn't have gotten as far as they have. Mm-hmm. It's his YouTube presence and his savviness on YouTube. And, I mean, he's a smart dude with what he does on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I don't. Th- I really don't think they're, they're dying out. I think the traditional sense of the, you know, the long-haired, spandex-wearing, you know, Taking photo shoots with impossible chords and you know cool <laughs> lights behind it. <laughs> yes, you know those that traditional sense I think is slowly dying out. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's more that sort of the it's a multifaceted. They want people want to have the guitar player, but they also want to know what he does. You know, for breakfast, you know, and they, they need to be on social media. They need to be present, and uh, and that leads to being the guitar heroes. I think nowadays that's this is my my opinion. I don't know if that answered yeah. it really, but I, I don't think they're dying out at all.
1: Yeah, I don't okay. think they're dying yeah. out, but I think it's split generationally. So, you know, oh, like yeah, yeah. back in the day, Clapton was God. You know, everyone in the yeah. world who knew knew who Clapton mm-hmm. was and then Jimmy Page and everyone knew who Eddie Van Halen was and then everybody knew in the world knew who, you know, Steve Vai was and whatever else. But now it's like split. So I think. Teens are probably, their guitar heroes are on TikTok and Instagram that they're following and watching them shred up a storm. Um, Or they're learning about legacy artists from reaction videos. So there's lots of kids doing reacting to seeing Eddie Van Halen for the first time or whatever, and Uh that's how people are learning. Um, Or they see Stranger Things with some guy on a rooftop fighting demons and all of a sudden Metallica are... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bam, they're front and centre of social yeah. consciousness again. Um, yeah. Or Slash does a commercial and everyone's just like, oh, yeah, Slash. They probably know Slash from his image these days yeah. more than his music. Once, Or, or a
2: two-hour-long Gibson uh, YouTube thing where he goes through his oh. 2,455 list Pause. And there's owns. a book coming out of that too, <laughs> a coffee
1: table book's coming out of that. Um. Yeah. And then for kids in the mainstream, you've got Taylor Swift, Machine Gun Kelly and Ed Sheeran out there doing um, yep. their respective things, bringing the guitar to the fore. But I'm not sure there's any, like, real new guitar heroes that are crossing all of the generations, you know? I think I think guys like Tim, Tim Henman is sort of kind of doing that now, Polyphia. Mm, they're, okay. they're getting
2: huge,
1: but he's upsetting uh, all the boomers, mate, with his boomer well, bends, Well, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah well, <laughs> boomer um, bends, Come on, I wouldn't make any money without boomer bends. <laughs> I'm all that's where I live. My street is boomer bends. <laughs> <laughs> he lives on boomer bends <laughs> Avenue, <laughs> um, and he's, he's you an eccentric, quirky dude,
2: Tim Henman. Like he, he looks like a like a manga character. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but I, I think he's starting to cross. You know that's why guys like Steve Vai as well starting to invite him along to to play. You know with him on stage and stuff. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, he, prime example. There's a dude as an insane guitar player, mm-hmm. has a very unique style. It all came through social media. All came through YouTube. Him doing, them doing videos and stuff like that. The band sort of was created basically on social media. And he's becoming massive now. Like, these wow. guys, Polyphia, they're becoming a really – I mean, if you look at um, the the amount of views and listens they have on Spotify and and uh, downloads and views they have on YouTube, it's, it's millions and millions. Mm. So, I think they're crossing – they're starting to cross over. They're one of the first guys, I think, to be sort of almost multi-generation – maybe not boomers, but – um, you know, they're they're getting massive.
1: I think the girls too, right? So Larry Basilio, Larry Basilio. Yeah. And yeah. um oh what what's the the girl that was with Alice Cooper and now she's with De- La- Yeah um Demi uh, Lovato? Nita Strauss. Nita Nina Strauss. Strauss yeah. So she's yeah. like gone next level and Ori he's yeah. still quite a presence online. Normal Tri guitar, she's always on there. Yeah, she's on that. She's got her own she just released a record which I have not heard yet because it's not on YouTube music. But um but there's a few of those girls that are doing really great on Instagram. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, I just think it's a different it's a different thing now because there's not a single mass media being fed no. to us from four T V channels. Yeah. You know, or MTV. It's coming from mm. so many different places that everyone you speak to If you would probably pull 100 people over in the street and say, oh, give us the name of a guitar hero, you'd probably get 50 different answers, you know, depending on ages. So, yeah, it's not dead. Guitar is definitely out there. Maybe Rick Beato or (laughs) Rhett Shule or Josh Scott is someone's guitar hero, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I th- great thoughts from both of you guys. I think, um, yeah, I agree. I think it's probably become a bit more niched down is, is is my thought that when I was growing up, so 70s, 80s, everyone was into music. It was one of the things yeah. you're into. It, it wasn't are you into music? The question is what's your favourite band? Yeah. And um, everyone knew George Harrison, well, I'm not that old, okay? Mm. But everyone knew George Harrison (laughs) was the the lead guitarist, for want of a better term, in the Beatles. Everyone knew Keith Richards. Everyone knew who Jimi Hendrix was. Everyone knew who Angus uh, Young was in in ACDC. Everyone knew who Eddie Van Halen was. Everyone knew who Clapton was, who you mentioned, Rob. Um, These days, I I don't know if the uh, – I'm probably sounding like a boomer, but I don't know if – if youth are into the same uh, immersion into musical culture as as a whole heap of things a whole heap of other interests and and, and media so yeah I, I think what you guys are saying that the guitar heroes they're, they're online um yeah. they're creating an online presence and then often out of that maybe not only but often out of that then the bigger musical picture emerges, or they they join a band, or it's sort or, of it's sort of
2: reversed. It's instead of yeah, you know yeah having a product first, and then you become the hero from being you know part of that product. Often you become the hero, and then through the hero, the product comes. You know, yeah, as in a product yeah. meaning that the band or the music, to like, yeah. the the music that's been created, sort totally. of been flipped around. So, what, this yeah.
1: month Wolfgang Van Halen is on the cover of Guitar World magazine, right? Uh-huh. And huh And he's just come off a massive amount of worldwide notoriety from the Taylor Hawkins, Hawkins yeah. shows playing yeah. his dad's music. Yeah. So, you know, he could really springboard off of that and potentially, oh, yeah, you know, and if you're into his music, like he's a, Man, he's a ridiculous musician. He plays everything yeah. on those albums, so he's you know he's a potential uh, future guitar hero. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then you're like, people, there's guys out there. Dave Grohl is right out front. He's maybe the biggest name and face with a guitar on right now. You know, or in the last few months, anyway. Um, it's yeah, Fine. they're everywhere. It's everywhere. Well, of
2: course, and you've got the Jack White still. You know, still, he's still around. He's still doing his stuff. And, mm. But I think it's it's becoming more multifaceted. It's, you, you can't just be the guitar player in the band. You have to have – there's other things, you know. You have to have your signature pedal and you have to have your YouTube channel and you have to have your TikTok thing and it, mm-hmm. it's, you, you have to be more multifaceted. Mm. Tim Pierce I is think. another
1: one, you know. Tim Pierce. I like, yeah. he's had yeah. such a career but now it's – It's something else He's bigger than ever Yeah Yeah. It's like more people knew him know him now than when he was on number one records Yeah Tom
2: Bukovac same guy same He's he's another one Um, It's just uh, and you know guys like Rick Beato getting a Gibson signature guitar Uh, Yes You know a YouTuber you know YouTubers and, and guys like that they're the ones that start to get signature guitars and you know it's not whoever you know wearing spandex in some band you know it's it's the guy who wears Spandex on a YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, Satchel's just trying to do the best he can, all right? That's of course right. he is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 1987. <laughs> hey, good question. Thanks, Andrew. Good discussion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a totally That's totally what I mean. It could be a whole podcast. podcast. Yeah. Yeah food for thought all right we're gonna take a short break and we'll be back with gabor's album and some other fun stuff this episode is brought to you by fretboard biology the comprehensive online guitar course put together by joe elliott ex-head of guitar at the guitar institute of technology and the mcnally smith college of music I was one of the beta testers for the course and can say as a music educator, I was really impressed by the logical sequence of learning. The course has also been endorsed by players such as Brett Garson and Greg Cup. For more details, check out the links in our show notes. All right, welcome back. We're talking about our favourite guitar albums for 2022. We've had Andy Timmons' Electric Truth, uh, we've had Cardinal Black's January Came Close and we are almost up to Gabor's record. Hey, before we run your record, Gabor, can I ask you guys for a really quick summary? What are the albums that you would have loved to have included but could not? All right, I'll
2: go first then. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, well, the, ones, there were, the other ones, uh, it, it was actually kind of difficult for me because um, when this was brought up that we're going to do Best of... 2022 i looked through all my the music i was listening to and there was nothing uh-huh. that i've had from 2022 there's heaps from 2021 2020 but nothing from 2022 so i kind of re-listened to lots of stuff but um there was one that uh, i was almost gonna choose but then i didn't because i wanted to choose something a little bit quirky um but uh, uh, room with a view uh sorry view with a room uh by julian large um, oh, yeah, yeah. He's such a killer player. Yeah. Um, and it's a gr- really great album. Just such a, um, um, what's the word? Like so e- effortless when you watch him play. And he just plays this crazy stuff. Effort, Beautiful album. Check it out. View with the Room mm-hmm. by Julian Large. Um, another one, uh, A Boy Named If, Elvis Costello. Um, that's a pretty cool album, actually, and some cool playing on there. And another guitar, sort of more indie guitar album that I quite liked was "How Do You Burn" by the Afghan Wigs. The Afghan Wigs—they're still going. We released an album in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I didn't know that, but yeah,
1: it's not—it's a good album actually. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. How about you, Rob? Well, my album of the year is uh, Maggie Rogers' "Surrender." Uh, uh-huh. I think it's—I uh, can't stop listening to it. I'm so enamoured by her, her performance. Has, like everything about her is just superstar material. I think, you know, if it was a different world, everyone in, on the planet would know who she is. And, um, yeah, I just love that record. It, there's some guests on it like, um, oh, his name escapes me now. Um, the guy from the Colbert show, hip piano player, just released a couple of records. Um, Oh, come on. No, I've lost it. But he was the, you know, Stay Human on Colbert. He was the front, the musical director on that. Oh, Um, I can can see the guy's face. Yeah. (laughs) And he's just fantastic and he gets on it. But it's just a really kind of like, yeah, it's a great record. I just, yeah, people should listen to it. I just want to go out on a limb and say that your life will be better if you listen to that record. No, um, so that is the album of the year, but it's not very guitar-based. It's very singer-songwriter writer mm. kind of vibes. Um, I also loved Eric Gale's Crown, which was produced by Joe Bonamassa, and that the title track, I Want My Crown, where him and Joe are trading guitar solos. Uh-huh next-worldly, but um, I messi- um, mentioned uh, Larry Basilio before her album Your Love was great, and yep. Tyler Bryant the Shakedown released an independent, like they funded it all themselves, called Shake the Roots, and the, the lovely, the one and only Bonnie Raitt released just like that, which was great as well. Oh, wow. And the new Noiseworks album, that I was, I really enjoyed that. Um, I don't know how old the tracks are because Stuart Fraser's got credits on it, but it oh, features wow, Earl really? and Thomas. He's going out on tour with them. Yeah. Um, and that was a good was record, but I hadn't lived with, with it enough to consider. With, with
2: Johnny, Johnny Courageous singing?
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> so they're just about to go out on Johnny tour. Johnny Courageous. Yeah.
2: An, an Electric Hippies uh, John, reference. John, John Stewart. Remember the Electric Hippies? It mm. uh, was the band that. Was not the band in Noise Works that started a band when yeah. a certain singer left? <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. was all songs making fun of a certain singer. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it was Johnny Courageous, and you know we greedy don't like people. greedy people. Don't yeah. want greedy people. But yeah. greedy it's good. It's, it's a positive
1: thing. They're out touring, and oh, they're sure. doing kind of like a tribute to Chet. Yeah, um, nice. So having Irwin on, uh, aka Jack Jones. Yeah, beast.
0: Yeah, beast. yeah, beast mode. Does it does does it sound like Jack Jones ripping solos? Not really. No, he's,
1: he's playing within the context of what you would consider to be noise works, which is really good. Yeah, cool, cool. cool.
0: I I don't mean that as a bad thing either. Like he, he's just got such a distinctive voice on the guitar. Mm. I love it, man.
1: And he's, he's like fan. playing his PR, PRSs, I think again, which I haven't really seen him with since. Electric Mary days. Um, oh, okay. Because Chet played a lot of PRS's in Noise Works towards the end too didn't he? Yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. With Fauris. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's guy at first. I know um Jack Jones was playing um Chilia, Charles Chilia um sort of Les Pauli style guitars and Electric Mary a little bit as well. Yeah. So, there you go. Cool, man. I, I've got to check that out. I've heard I've heard the single or whatever the, the one song is off that. We we bust out a couple of old Noiseworks tunes in, in our Oz Rock sets. It's, it's so fun playing that stuff. I chose I was, I was a heap of albums, same as same as you guys. Um Satriani had a new album out this year, which I really liked. Rob Balducci had an album out. Um two I, I really loved. Um one guy called Jacob Collier. Have you heard of him? No. Yeah, he's the UK musician. Um, he's just been to, I just went and saw him because my daughter's into him. It was her first sort of concert, went down to the uh, the Enmore and we're on the floor, and, cool. and it was unbelievably cool. Oh, so he's, he's great. He's he's crazy great. I don't even know how to explain it. So he does um, these crowd choir. He, like he's got his set, but he does these crowd choirs where he gets the crowd singing three part harmonies and moving through all these chromatic movements. Because um, he's,
2: he's got perfect pitch and and, yeah. and everything. And he's, he's a, like Quincy Jones uh, kind of found him, I think, didn't he? And sort of sponsored him
0: quite a bit. He's sort of a Quincy, one of the Quincy Jones guys. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's super sophisticated pop with crazy harmony and a killer band. Hearing that stuff with a band is amazing, is amazing. But his albums, um, the last couple of albums, a little bit more electronic or produced at home or very highly produced. Um, and, and if you check his, his like online
2: presence, he's he plays every – instrument really well really he's just well. one of those absolute freak of nature guys who every instrument he's really good at yeah and he did he i think he got quite big um he did a lot of that um uh, on stuff on instagram where it was like the the brady bunch but there was about i don't know yeah. 12 of his faces and he yeah. sang he did like the, the don't worry be happy thing where he kind of sang
0: sang all the, the parts chords and- like
2: there was like three voices of his that sang the chords of the song and then Another voice did the bass in and he did uh, mouth percussion for the drums yeah, and yeah, yeah. it was like all voice. Yeah. Uh, but then he picks up any
0: instrument and he's ridiculously good at it. Yeah, no, he's, a, yeah. he's one of
2: those freak of nature guys.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, live he was, playing, uh, he was playing piano, he was playing synth. He was playing this thing called the harmonizer, which is a synth which um, uh, it splits his vocal to any note he's playing on the keyboard. Okay. So he can do ten part harmonies if he wants to. And he sort yeah. of does. Uh plays drums, played double bass, played beautiful acoustic guitar, um, sang like a maniac, like amazing. Anyway. Oh yeah, so he's
2: he's a freak of nature. He's check him
0: out, Rob. He's yeah. yeah he's he's pretty amazing, that dude. Yeah, sounds cool. He um so yeah, I've been listening to his stuff, not super guitarial. or there's some cool guitar on there um phil buckle we'll just talk about jack jones phil buckle from uh, we know him a lot a lot of us know him as southern sons john farnham guitar player uh he brought out an album this year called custom made with virgil donati on drums and uh, uh i think jimmy johnson on bass and it's again very sophisticated pop almost not steely dan but but clever chord changes his vocal phrasing's great it's interesting hearing his vocal phrasing some of it it reminds me of jack jones which makes me think when he wrote those songs he had some very particular phrasing in mind that that jones then did and um but man as a guitar player he rips he's on a jazz master type guitar good man it's a little (laughs) bit gritty when he digs in uh, very jazzy and just, but did with he, a nasty sort of tone, and it's it's amazing. Did he used to have an ESP signature guitar? No, no, that was, that was Bre- him.
2: That was Brett Garsard. or oh, Brett Garsett, Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, wrong guy.
0: Who, was, who was in the Farland band? And there is a song called "New Day" where Brett Garsett rips his fusion solo, and then Buckle takes his crazy jazz solo. Yeah, uh, I think it's off the Chain Reaction album. But yeah, that album, custom made. It was it was a yeah, a real toss up between that and the Andy Timmins record. I could have happily chosen any of those. Mm. Anyway, there's so much good stuff. Hey, it's 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 fun oh, to yeah. talk about it because it just it just makes you think. You know, you just keep digging. There's there's heaps of cool stuff around the corner. Absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely. I made a I made a playlist when I was deciding um, what album to choose, and when you look at the albums that came out in 2022, mm. um, you got. Like, from my perspective, so Dead Daisies, Vinnie Moore, Slash, um, The Brothers Landreth, Marcus King, Tedeschi Trucks, Sammy Hagar and the Circle, The Black Crows, Noiseworks, oh, yeah. Larkin Poe, um, Eric Gales and Bonnie Rate, which we talked about, Journey, Joe Bonamassa, Earthless, Satriani, Blackberry Smoke, Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs. Henrik Frischlander. <laughs> That's
2: a great band name. That's a <laughs> yeah,
1: Christian jo- Krishna Jones, Corey Wong, um, and this band I discovered from the Valley that opened for Black Crows, the Full uh, Full Flower Moon Band. Okay. Um, some young kids doing some really good stuff. And then from my Pottsville, right here in northern New South Wales, Eliza and the Delusionals released an album, and it's a great record. So um, there's a lot of local stuff happening too in that's 2022. Great.
0: That's great, man. That's that's so cool. And Lizzo, so
1: cool. And Lizzo, come on, give some give some Lizzo love. <laughs>
0: it's
1: about damn time. Boom boom. <laughs> All right, uh,
0: Gabor, we're up to your record. Yes,
2: that's me. Yes. What do we got? Uh, so I chose. Um, I chose uh, a band called The Smile uh, with a light for attracting attention. Now, I didn't even know that band existed until I started looking into albums that were released in 2022. And I mean, it is a relatively new band, but it's a band that uh, is basically came out of COVID, really. (laughs) I mean, um, so the band... uh, and, and if you listen to the band, uh, you will hear it pretty much instantly. It has the two main dudes from Radiohead in it and you can't escape
0: oh, oh, okay, okay. that
2: sound because, I mean, Tom York's voice is just so, you can hear it instantly. And <laughs> I'm the guitar so embarrassed playing. right now. <laughs> and the, oh, didn't you, know,
1: didn't you think it was him? No. I'll tell you before oh, really? you go on while we're yeah. at this. I wrote, reminded me of Queens of the Stone Age a bit. Oh, really? <laughs> So it's so, so Radiohead.
0: It's so Radiohead. Oh, yeah, right. I, I wrote, struck me as a bit Radiohead-ish.
2: So It's Johnny Greenwood and Tom York at Radiohead okay. yeah. okay. uh, with uh, this other dude, uh, Tom Skinner. Now, Tom Skinner is an English jazz drummer who's actually really into John Zorn. So, there's a bit of a kind oh, of a okay. thing as well. Yep. Uh, and he plays in an in a English jazz band called Sons of Kemet. But he worked with Johnny Greenwood on some, so Johnny Greenwood, aside from Greenwood, does also, uh, Re, Greenwood, Radiohead, Greenwood, aside from Radiohead, also does a lot of uh, soundtrack work. So mm-hmm. he started getting into soundtracks and they worked together on a couple of soundtracks. So they knew each other. And um, so during COVID lockdowns, uh, Johnny Greenwood started writing a lot of material and he was showing it to uh, Tom York and Nigel Godridge, the sort of unofficial member of Radiohead, who's the producer, but mm-hmm. he sort of, been basically since the bands, he's been with Radiohead. Um, he's been produced every album since the bands, basically. Um, uh, and they wanted to write a new Radiohead album, but Ed O'Brien, the other Radiohead guitarist, was working mm-hmm. on his solo album, okay, uh, and wasn't available. So they thought, let's just do something else then. So somehow they got together with this guy Tom Skinner. And started sharing stuff, started sharing music, and that's how the band sort of formed. Um, and so, yeah, so it was, it, it's, it's basically um, Johnny Greenwood and uh, Tom York playing guitar, bass, keyboards, doing everything basically, but the drums. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, this guy Tom Skinner plays drums, and he also does some electronic stuff. So there's uh, electronic things that he does as well. Produced by Ni- Nigel Godrich, who uh, I mean, he's a he's huge now as a producer um uh yes yeah, so it was it, basically it's a band that they, they all agreed to not mention anything about this band to anyone so no press no nothing and it sort of almost came as a surprise when this kind of stuff all came out um uh i do think the drums give it quite a different dynamic feel to what is it, phil selway is that his name or something like that whatever the radio drummer's name is it's a, different kind of being that sort of jazz and kind of more out there kind of dude he gives it slightly different sound and dynamics to me but i mean it's so a lot of it is so radiohead to me personally but anyway um yeah so it was recorded uh uh during the lockdown and it was released in uh digital format on may 13th and as a physical format on june 17th 2022 um yeah, and the the two songs I picked, uh, again, like with a lot of Radiohead stuff, it's, I mean, very iconic guitar stuff in Radiohead, but they've moved on since to a lot of other things, a lot of electronic things. But I tried to pick two songs that are very guitar-focused. So I picked a hairdryer and the opposite. Now, what did you guys think of those songs? Uh, Rob, let's start with Rob.
1: All right, so a hairdryer. I thought beautiful intro, and I love those little micro bends, giving that Middle Eastern kind of sitar like yeah. vibe to yeah. everything. But at about two minutes into that song, I really wanted it to kick into something, and and I'm still <laughs> waiting. But um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but gr- obviously it's Radiohead, and I didn't know that. Because uh, I just listened to the music on face value, so but the great layering of all the sounds, like creating those soundscapes, it was yeah, it was killer. I was just waiting for like
2: mm, something come more on. to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They are. I mean, it's but it's often,
2: especially with the later now Radiohead stuff, it is very. It stays sort of very. They've become almost like a not necessarily jam band, but you know what I mean. It's become yeah. sort of that. Hmm. It, it, it's almost drone-ish, you know? Yeah. And-,
1: and then the opposite, I really love the drum sound.
2: Yeah. Um, and that sound yeah, seems to
1: be yeah. the the drum sound at the moment because Paramore's new stuff, um, which will probably be my album of the year next year, um, has that very sort of dry 70s funk production, the drums, you know, like that yeah. low tuned, got really yeah. dry snare. Um, and I made a, Another um, faux pas here by mentioning them crooked vultures on that song. Okay, so I, I wrote these guys might be fans of Josh Homme, but um, <laughs> clearly it's the other way around. <laughs> um, but nice ebb and flow to the track, um, and I didn't really know what was coming next. Like I kept, you know, and when I thought something was about to happen, the song ended. So something happened. Di- Kind of just went. Okay, that just stops, there. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on towards the end of that. On um, the opposite with the electronics and all that yeah. stuff. There's a lot happening. Yeah. At once. Yeah. What like, about you,
0: Matt? Yeah, I like the uh, the left, right, like the pan guitars in the opposite. That was that was a lot of fun. The the clean tones, they're cleanish. They're sort of chewy, chewy yeah. clean tones. They were, they they're fun. Kind of that approach. It reminded me a, a bit of Franz Ferdinand. Remember that song, Take Me Out? Yeah, yeah. N- not, not in the way it sounds, but just the approach that the guitars are creating a lot of this textual stuff through a lot of single note kind yeah. of passages. So I, I don't know if I heard any chords. There might have been, but it just seemed like lots of single notes just being layered all over the place, which is yeah. such a cool texture. I really I was digging that. And, um, well, yeah, the drums in that tune are cool, that really yeah. busy – yeah. Busy kinda. Of he's a good drummer. He's, it's
2: actually the whole album. It's I, I picked that album somewhat reluctantly. I was gonna go with with um Julian Large, because I mean he's a monster player. Mm-hmm. But that album, the whole album, if you listen to the whole album, it really, really grew on me. And I just kept listening to this album. And um I thought, you know, there's a lot of there are there are a lot of guitar moments on there. So uh-huh. I thought I'd pick it for that. There are a lot of non guitar moments too, but um, um, I thought I picked it because yeah, it, it's they're good songs, and it's uh, I, I don't know. Have a listen to the whole album. There's there's a, uh, there's another song I should have written it down. I don't know what, what it's called. I'm always bad with song titles, but he the uh, Johnny Greenwood slaps. I, I, I didn't know oh, okay. what it, how he made that sound. And then there's a um, I think they played Montreux Jazz Fest recently. <clears throat> okay, and there's live footage of him. And he plays a Les Paul, and he slaps the bit on the Les Paul.
0: Okay, nice. Um, there's
2: some interesting stuff going on, and they keep switching. One plays bass, the other one plays guitar. Then they both play guitar, or you know, it's yeah, it's interesting what they do. Keyboards, and they keep switching
0: instruments. Hmm. Nice, yeah, it's cool. I mean, the production's <clears throat> amazing. Um, yeah, for both tunes. So yeah, yeah, cool. I, I really,
2: I really, really like. Um, sort of the interplay between the different guitars and the bass and the guitars. And like you were saying, sort of panned. And then you have all these single note riffs that kind of work against each other, but kind mm. of work. Uh, and then you have the synth coming in often with something that again is sort of like a counter rhythm, counter melody to everything else. And then the vocals sort of sitting on top of everything. Um, that's, I think, one of the things with with Tom York, I think he's great at coming up with, re- with interesting hooky, vocal melodies that go over these kind of weird, quirky bits, but the, the vocal melody glues it all together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a great album. Um, check it out, people. I, I, I really, I, was, I would have never, again, I would have never heard of this album probably if it wasn't for this podcast. And um, see, so that these things, it's deep, them. man. Excellent. Wow. Wow, man. <laughs> That's cool. Well, definitely well, yeah. new for us. Yeah. Yeah, And that's oh. it I mean, that's the smile um, A light for attracting attention um, And apparently uh, oh, I've forgotten no, I should have written it down as well They took uh, the smile from it's a, it's a movie reference of some sort And it's, a, it's meant to be a really cheeky smile Anyway Ooh. Yeah, check it out Now that I know
1: it's Radiohead I'm going to go listen to it again
2: yeah. There's some wacky stuff on that whole album. There's some very mm. interesting stuff. And they've done quite a bit of live stuff now on um uh, a lot of the talk shows um where you can actually see what they're doing and who plays what instrument and um mm. yeah.
1: Yeah, nice. All right. So, question without notice that I gave you notice of <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> Don't tell him. Don't oh, tell him yeah, the secrets. No. No. <laughs> we're going to we're going to blow up this whole Hollywood thing we have here um <laughs> <That> we do <laughs> with the with yeah, if people could see us like we're all we're all made up like people are watching this, right, you no, know, I shaved, look I shaved,
2: yeah. Anyway, I'm very. I'm wearing my velour suits. Yeah, and I've got I've got uh, two sparsely clad women fanning me with banana leaves. We had
1: some killer. Wow. We had some killer black backgrounds going. Like I brought in my pet octopus and um, yeah, yeah, was in a spaceship. Yeah, you know, so like we got big I went to production my Indian, values here.
2: I went to my Indian mansion at one stage too. Yeah, that was
1: good. <laughs> that was good. His study has an, like an Indian theme. It's great. All
2: these, all these people go. What, what are they talking about?
1: <laughs> oh, anyway. Um. So yeah, keeping with the 2022 theme, I just thought it might be fun, and people can comment as well when you post this, Matt. What their yeah. favorite, what their favorite acquisitions were for 2022. But what is the favorite piece of gear that you acquired this year, 2022, Matt?
0: Well. My my offerings are very very sparse, so I I don't think I've bought anything significant this what? year. I th- oh man! <laughs> what I think I sold, you should be ashamed of yourself. I think I sold oh. more
1: stuff. Wait, and I think I bought, the union's calling. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I know. Right. I think the most significant money I spent. Uh, I bought strings. Dear Dario, ten to forty-six. Thank you, guys. I got a I got a cable made by Loopy up in Queensland. That's Bryce, yep. Yeah. What a dude. What a legend. Yeah. He's great. Um, it's, it's a guitar lead with a, a an in-ear monitor cable uh, fused to it. Oh, um, I've got one of them. I've got one of them too. Yeah, that was cool. But, yeah, I didn't buy any guitars. Uh, I didn't buy – I don't think I bought any pedals. The HX Stomp was 2021, 20, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I had during lockdown one or two. I can't remember. I sold heaps of stuff and then I bought a bunch of stuff. Then mm. this year, this year, currently has been quite the best. Money I've spent this year though on music stuff has been getting my guitars to uh, a tech, like a real tech, not just me. Um, so Gav Moore at Coke Guitars has done some beautiful setup work on on my my gigging guitars and i'm i'm slowly trying to work through all my guitar collection some of which are behind me here um yeah cuz I, I do i've done my own stuff for a long time like like wiring stuff i've gotten better at wiring in pickups and electronics and yeah. things but actually setting up truss rod fretwork nutwork having having the guitar nuts set up as I like it. I know it sounds silly saying it out loud almost, but...
1: Oh, it's all important for a gig and guitar it, you know, it's player. It's very important. Man.
0: Yeah, just night and day for me, getting getting a, a real pro to work on my guitar. So that's been the best guitar money I've spent this but year. But I like
1: that because you haven't contributed to this uh, inflation business. So, you know, congrats, <laughs> no, congrats to you. One person can't make a difference there, but, you know, you try it. I try good <laughs> <laughs> Gabor, this could be, like, this is... Can't open a can of worms but oh yeah. what what one thing what was it
0: here oh, we go it's an
1: ibanez gem i can tell <laughs>
2: <laughs> now for you people with the special glasses so i think the coolest thing and and that i that i got this year i mean i i'm in a situation right where i'm i'm rather lucky in terms of gear because i get sent a hell of a lot of gear mm-hmm. Uh, by lots of different brands, whether it's guitars, whether it's amps, whether it's um, pedals. I mean, uh, there, there's in the background of the video here, which you can't see. There's a Yamaha Revstar, which is a killer guitar that yeah. was this year.
0: Nice.
2: But I got to say, for me, that the, the coolest thing I think I got this year, uh, or put together this year. Actually, I got a lot of the parts last year, but it was put together this year. Is my what I call the Doom Master. <laughs> Uh, so the Doom Master is my, uh, it's a guitar with a uh, aluminium neck So this is an aluminium neck uh, oh. for all you people with special glasses Made by Bagley Guitars in Germany uh, And I had it put together, uh, Dave from Vander Guitars made me a, uh, an offset style body oh. Surprise, surprise And have a bridge uh, made by Descendant, it's a Descendant Vibrato, not bridge, oh. sorry, Vibrato which is like an alternative to the Mastery Vibrato. I have a Mastery Bridge on it. I've got Curtis Novak Thunderbird bass for guitar pickups on it. Uh, And a beautiful custom uh, anodized aluminum pickguard made by Justin Hermes, or Herod in uh, South Australia, who does custom aluminum uh, pickguards. If anyone wants any out there, and a wiring actually was from a shop in Brisbane, I think called String Switch Noise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, so. There goes all the my sponsors. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but it's a, such a cool aluminium neck. It's my I've never played or had an aluminium neck guitar. Um, what is that it, like? It's strange, <laughs> especially in winter. But even now, I mean, it's summer. It's quite warm here in Australia. Yeah, you pick it up, it's cold. It's right. quite cold the neck. Wow! Um, uh, it it was one of those guitars. It it speaking of nut work because <laughs> uh, it's a brass nut. Uh, so I a, a friend of mine kind of helped me put this guitar together, and he bought some brand new nut files, and I don't think he wanted to wreck him on this uh, brass nut. Okay. So I actually <laughs> okay. ended up buying some cheap um, nut files, and uh-huh. I did it myself. And it makes such a difference having the nut set up, and, and I sort of learned a bit with it. But it's just such a cool guitar, and it's just something something really different. And it has a really different feel and sound, and insanely stable tuning with the neck just not moving. Because I mean, it's it's a weapon that neck. It, it it's heavy <laughs> on its own. It's it's it is um it's heavy. It's it's beefy but it's such a cool and different and interesting sort of thing uh because it's a solid piece of aluminium the headstock sort of had a as a hole in the middle go to my youtube channel and most videos i've done recently especially if it's a fuzz more recent sort of within the okay. last maybe four or five months video will have this guitar in it at one stage i call it the doom master it's always you know look in the the chapter marks it'll say "Do Master" in it somewhere. Nice. Um, it's it, I tune it to uh, C standard, so it's C to C. Okay. So it's like a almost baritone. Yeah. Uh, but it just has such a. It, it sounds like this. It has an almost—I don't know if you guys could hear that—but yeah. uh, almost like a banjo-esque sound. Okay. But with sustain, it's like a banjo with sustain, and oh. a lot of sustain. And it all comes from next. So that's I, I, I picked that amongst. A lot of stuff. (laughs) That's so cool. It is really cool. And those pickups, most microphonic pickups ever. But Uh, man, it's cool when you have a massive fuzz going through it. Okay.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, my pick was also a guitar. Um, I, you know, my Mesa Boogie has been game changer for me, but I didn't buy that this year. Uh, But mine's the Duesenberg star player TV Mike Campbell ah, 40th yeah, nice. anniversary that guitar I was just telling a friend that I can play it all weekend in and out of the case in the guitar in the car in the sun for three hours on the freeway get out plug <laughs> it in and it's still in tune play it the Germans I tell you and the, the Bigsby on it you know I can go crazy with it I can do the sets of thing I can do You can dive bomb it if you really want to, um, and it comes (laughs) back perfect. I do a four-hour gig in the sun and rarely have to tune it. Mm. It's crazy. The only negative is that I think the neck pickup, I'm still struggling with the neck pickup. It's like the fourth iteration that I've tried in the neck um, because the bridge is so good and so like bitey that getting a neck to match it is really difficult. And I don't know if it's because of the... I'm pretty sure it's because the position of the neck pickup is pretty far along, so everything is a bit woolly. So I put an Eric Johnson neck Damasio in, and that's been the pick so far. But I've gone through a couple of Damasio ones. Apparently their brightest one, which is called the um, Little Toaster, and that wasn't bright enough. So next... Once, you know, once I feel like doing it, I might try a couple of TV Jones in there and see if I can get a real jangly one there. But uh, that guitar is very rarely do I sit and play a guitar because we play four-hour shows. So for three one-hour sets, the one guitar, you know, Uh and I sit Uh on it. And even when I need to do drop D on one song a night, I can drop. The D and rare, like just tiny little adjustments on the other strings, mm-hmm. but to have to drop a D on a Bigsby and not really yeah. have to retune, yeah, wow. and then it holds its tune, and then you go back up and it holds its tune again. It's um, unheard of, um, but that guitar is just everything about it is next level, you mm. know, and it's just beautiful, and that's my pick of my acquisitions for twenty twenty.
0: Very cool, beautiful. But yeah, put in
1: the comments. um, Yeah, what your pick at home, the listeners? What did you get in 2022 that you've loved?
0: Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we've covered a lot of ground in this episode, guys. Our favorite albums, other albums we dug, some very cool questions.
1: Some new records.
0: Yeah, nice new gear. Honorable mentions. Runners up. Et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) (laughs) Me
1: thinking Radiohead were influenced by Josh Homie. They could be. They could be. be. You never know. Nice. I'm so out of touch. (laughs) Now,
0: fellas, you guys are not just sitting by the phone waiting for me to call and say, hey, let's make some podcasts. You guys do some very cool stuff. Uh, Rob, where where can we find out more about you and your uh, hardest working man, Showbiz Monica?
2: <laughs>
1: <clears <clears <throat> yeah, so uh, if you go to Road Trip Ent, so Mike, my name, dot Um, all my projects are there, Living in the 70s, the upcoming 2023 debut of Living in the 80s. Um, yes. I think all up, there's already 90 shows booked between the two bands for next year. Wow. So, um, yeah, come out. Go on holidays, come to the beautiful far northern New South Wales, the northern rivers, come out here or the Gold Coast or the sunny coast and you're almost guaranteed to run into us somewhere yeah. in a surf club <laughs> on a yeah. Sunday afternoon. Do it, book a holiday, come for a cruise. We do river cruises. You know, just come hang out with us. Goodbye. Cool,
0: man. That's epic. I'm, I'm stoked about the new show taking off too. We'll have to talk more about that.
1: Yeah. And also, if you're over the age of 55, male and single, you should most certainly come along to one of our gigs <laughs> because <laughs> it is 85% women in that demographic. So, um, yeah. If you're lonely, come on out.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite an offer.
1: They're also wonderful, too. They're Ma- very much matchmaking in the 70s. Yeah. But... Matchmaking in the 70s. That's <laughs> right. Yeah
0: all right gabor tell tell us uh pedal your wares oh
2: yes yes well when i'm not uh, sitting on the phone waiting for Matt to call uh, I do some videos uh, and also another podcast but not that often anymore but uh, yeah I have a YouTube channel called The Super Fun Awesome Happy Time Pedal Show that's all one word The Super Fun Awesome Happy Time Pedal Show I know it's stupid but that's what it is um, <laughs> and we do uh, pedal reviews guitar reviews you can see the Doom Master you can see the um, Yamaha Rev Star that I was talking about there's also a new guitar now, which are called a Vandercaster, which is sort of an, an, a Superstrat and, yeah. and um, in a seafoam green and all that sort of stuff. I'm pumped about it. Uh, and a few other guitars and amps. And, and it's just always hilarious and always informative and uh, way better than uh, guys like Chris Buck. <laughs> 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 or that other pedal show, whatever they're called. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so come and check me out. <laughs> um yeah, social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the super fun, awesome Appetite Pedal Show. Or like Rob said, if you're Noosa by any chance uh, on the Sunshine Coast, uh, there's usually somewhere along Noosa where you can find me on a weekend, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Sunday, playing uh,
0: solo acoustic guitar. So come and check it out yeah nice that's why we call you the Hugh Jackman of guitar you're playing the gigs you're making the video as you're doing the demos you're doing the podcast
1: yeah, you're doing yeah. do it stuff.
0: all dance dance, dance dancing, dancing, yeah. numbers. and acting
1: <laughs> theater
2: theater yeah, your yeah. one man show
1: when your one, one man show comes out
2: okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
1: super fun awesome happy time man show
2: it's called living in the Jackman
1: <laughs> in the shadow of Jack
2: living in the shadow of Jack <laughs> oh, I love it so much I love it that's, so much that's copyrighted folks <laughs> <laughs> now you
1: have to remember Conan's show every time he said a fake website they had to go and register it go and do it so yeah. he used to, you like to just register that um, website
2: that's, that's, that's right.
0: living in the shadows of Jackman yeah. Nice. Good boy, you've got between now and the thirty-first of January before I have to publish this thing, so you got you should be right. right. We should just
1: do it as a joke. <laughs> I'll do it. Oh, I wish I had time. I do nice, yeah, little Squarespace. <laughs>
0: nice little WordPress
1: site. Google site? Squarespace. Wait, we're not sponsored by Squarespace, are we? No.
2: We're not, no. Um, Round no. Space.
0: But we are sponsored by Fretboard Biology. My thanks to Fretboard Biology. (laughs) A nice segue there. It was, wasn't it? (laughs) Uh, The online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott and and the team out there. Do you guys know, Fretboard Biology have been sponsoring the Guitar Speak podcast for two years now, this month. Wowzers. Which is awesome. So Excellent. I do really appreciate that. And guys, I appreciate you. It's been a fun year of making podcasts. Um it's like we said earlier, the hang is awesome and we just make a we get a podcast out of it at the end, which is also nice. So Absolutely. thank you heaps. Thank you, fellas. It's been it's been super cool. Looking forward to doing a bunch
1: more in yeah. the new year. Our pleasure. Let's take it on tour. Let's. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. See you Happy guys. Birthday. Happy New Year,
2: Merry Christmas, all that stuff. Happy yeah. Happy Easter.